Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We may not be able to get in on the hurling action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, folks. How are you all doing? Um, there's a small bit of a needle there, says F and Eddie. Small bit of a needle there between myself and Rafe now about my <laughs> microphone this morning, so... <laughs> I had to try and take a few deep breaths there while the entrance was on anyway. And I all geared up for this show. But anyway, we'll do it on the phone. So if my face is jumping around the place, don't blame me. Um, anyway, lads, you're all very welcome along. Bank holiday Monday morning, bright and early. Uh, great to see the freshness and the faces there. Um, g- g- delighted to be joined today by, by uh, Laura Tipgrave, Ken Hogan. Great to have you back, Ken. How's the farm, Ken? You mentioned the freshness there. There was a great man in Lockmore one time, Pat Cullen from Lockmore Castellani, and he would say to the Lockmore lads before the go out, he says, to play hurling, you have to be fresh, and by Jesus, you're fresh. They hadn't trained for three weeks before the match. <laughs> so, so, unfortunately, I'm, we're fresh enough for the club scene now, uh, Dale. Yeah. That's what we're fresh That's enough it, for. that's it. And you have a couple of fronts to look at on that, Ken, as well. We'll, get, we'll touch on that later. You're finally going to get that Offaly County final played. Touch wood, touch wood, all going well. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff, yeah. They're all in the high, the ring yesterday anyway, they're all high. Jeez, yeah, 41 points, some some, some shooting, no matter who you're playing. There was record scores at all levels over the weekend, we we're going to be discussing that anyway, but um, of course, Offaly 20s winning the football, they're really, uh, have worked hard, you know, that new development in Kilcormick, the training pitches. And the development system is bearing fruition, you know. Yeah, and I'd say no, no small coincidence either. Michael Dyden taking over as chairman of the Offaly County Board. I'd say serious help um, for mine. Uh, lads, um, great Super Saturday, we could call it nearly. Was magic stuff, I suppose, the second game. Maybe not didn't reach the highs of the first game, but um, we had a great weekend. And I suppose with Marco on the line and, and the disappointment of the Queen being just touched off for that place at 33 to 1 in Galway Wednesday. Ah, you know the way the camera goes to the first two, TJ? And you're looking, you know, you're on for a fella to come fifth. Yeah. And you're like, oh, ah, next thing she flashes past and you're saying, oh, no, we're done. We're done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, she, 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 she gave it all, like, didn't she? Ah, uh, she gave a great account of herself now, to be fair. And it was fantastic. I'd have to say, 
compliments to Galway Racetrack now. Um, there was a couple of lads went with me and we got treated well as owners and stuff like that. And there was an owner's tent and start the main course and about a, and, and dessert and a couple of bottles of wine if you wanted them as well. So we uh, probably wanted them though. We we did before and after to be honest about it. But uh, <laughs> we uh, met up with actually Brian Gavin and Anthony Cunningham while we were there as well. So we had a great chat with them and Gavin was giving me a good insight as to how things off things were going in Offaly, which was great as well. But just look, the racing and the national hunt and the J as you know, Anthony is all intertwined and um you know, there was a great atmosphere, even though there was only a thousand people actually there, it felt like there were mm. five thousand people there. But you know, the most important thing is that the racing went ahead and that, um, you know, hopefully with the way COVID numbers are, I know we'll probably touch on the under-20 situation in Cork, but look, there's a good good section of the country is, is um, vaccinated now and you'll be looking forward to, I suppose, getting back to normality over the next six months, six or 12 months. Like. But the Queen, in fairness, or did us justice, but one short head cost us a few quid, all right, at 33 to 1. Fifth no, would have done no. us, but... There'll be another day, hopefully. Yeah, I got I got to the city of the tribes all right on Monday evening after the show, um, and uh, didn't get to Belly Brit, but uh, that is normally the case anyway. Even when there's forty thousand people out in the track, like you know, so still enjoyed the crack with my great pal Stephen Sheedy. We, we had a good evening. Uh, it was the first day of the inside pubs open, you know, uh, and like lads, you'd want to have your COVID cert anyway to get into anywhere in Galway. I tell you on the Monday, I'd say it yeah. might have relaxed a bit. TJ, you were up for you Friday. I think I saw a picture on social media of some guy with his COVID cert printed in a t-shirt <laughs> just in case anything went wrong there for a week. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stop. Yeah, it was yeah. good, yeah. But, um, no, I wasn't, oh, I wasn't in Barry Britt. Like I said, the last, the last two years now has been the first two years I've missed in a long time. I was on vacation, so we, we had a bit of a get-together ourselves here on Friday and back a few hours. And they, they, they did our own, our own little, uh, what, what, what you call it? Find a way. Find, find a way. Find a way. To entertain ourselves. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be way. back in a packed uh, Galway next year and, and we'll be back to normal. It's great. Let's uh, we start. Well, we were kind of hoping list all. Yeah. We're, we're, we're confident that we'll I think, make it. I think that the numbers won't be much up, though, will they? We're kind of hoping that we might get a twist in. I mean, we'll hope for the bunker and belly bunion either way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a deal. That's a deal. You're all welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's look. We, we, we'll, we'll tip on with the hurling anyway, otherwise, we could do our usual tangent and Ken will go off the line there. <laughs> Les, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the, we'll start the arseways. We'll start with the, the one that the second game because uh, the Corkness is obviously on, on a tide here. Like, you know, incredible stuff. Like, I think they've played 25 championship games in the last month. And they've won twenty three. Like it's just, I don't know. Can can they be stopped at all? But good win, Mark. Good win. Did the job, which was I felt was going to be difficult, and I thought it was tricky at times. And certainly, I thought if Dublin had a player of a Tony Kelly stature, TJ, who else? That Joe Kenning, and we talk about him a little bit. You know, someone like that. When it got back to four, they just hadn't that forward that might do something. Unreal, like uh, coming down. I know on Kelly, that type of guy, I think it could have been tighter, even, but still, I admired an awful lot of what, what Cork were about and, and like some great stuff in it. And uh, Manny, Manny's goal, Kyle Hayes esque, definitely. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it 
I suppose if you compare both games, Anthony, over the weekend, the Waterford tip game was definitely a step ahead of the Cork Dublin game. Um, I suppose Cork, look, it was a case of get the job done, get get over the line, get to the All Ireland semi final, um, back to Crow Park. I think is, you know, the message is coming out of Cork at the moment, and there seems to be a lot of pace in the team, and that's what they're living on at the moment is a good bit of pace and. I suppose the feeling is that if they get to Crow Park, that maybe they may be able to show that. But that's that's another day's work, and we'll discuss that later. But I suppose the, the key factor for me on uh, Saturday night was the two goals that Cork got. They got him right at the end of both quarters, the first quarter and the second quarter. And there were huge scores at the time. Like Dublin had started well. They got a couple of goal chances. In fairness to Patrick Collins, has proved not alone did he stop the, the one from Tony Kelly in, in a clincher, which gave us a chance to go forward. He stopped running Hayes, which would have been exactly what Dublin would have been looking for, was to get a goal early. Made a great save early on. And um, I, I suppose, you know, he's become a fan favourite, I suppose, with, with the Cork supporters automatically because of what he has done. And like, you know... All-star all star contender already, I'd say, Max. I suppose, look, yeah, possibly, I suppose. Um, look, there's, there's a lot of water going to the bridge yet, Anthony, but like... And, and Ken would know more, like, you know, with his own lad playing goals and him being a farmer keeper. It's a very tough place to be. It's a lonely place in goals as well. But it's more lonely in so far that you're five or six years sitting in the wings waiting for the number one goalkeeper to make a decision or the selectors to make a decision to move him on. So I thought Patrick has been very patient. And I, I had him in the development squads. He was an absolutely top-class keeper. And it and his attitude is just fantastic. And any of the lads that know him from Bellinghasig, he's a lovely, lovely guy. So I'm tr- I'm thrilled for Patrick. And as you know, it's only a couple of months ago that we had the meltdown in the league match against Limerick above, and the goalkeeper and, and Patrick got got a lot of criticism, I suppose, that night. But I think a lot of lads in the RT studio said that was maybe it was, a, it was the best best thing in the world because he'd learned from it as well. So his distribution is excellent. He's a fierce calming effect as well in the defence, which I think is very important for a keeper. Um, and there's a huge trust amongst his defenders. I think if they've gone two matches now without conceding a goal, and they're, they have been excellent, and he has been excellent. But coming back to the match itself, I thought Hernandez was instrumental when the game was in the melting pot early on. He had a monster point from 90. And I mean, you know he missed an awful lot of chances against Clare. But I think he first three shots of goals last Saturday went over the bar. They were a big help. Plus, Robbie Flynn's form has improved a nice bit as well. He hit a couple of very good scores in the first half. But like those two goals for me were the key thing. They just kept Dublin at arm's length all the time. And as much as they tried, I don't know what Dublin never going to roam in. But like you'd have to say, having been eight, seven or eight points up cruising, and next of all, it came back to four with five minutes to go. You're just saying, oh no, is this 2018 all over again where we were six points up with seven minutes to go against Limerick and we got reeled in? And I think you're right, Anthony. Dublin didn't have the ability to put the ball over the bar when it really mattered. Whereas when you go back to that Limerick game, um, Shane, um, Limerick had a lot of players that scored later on, uh, particularly Dowling. And um, I suppose in some respects, if we were maybe playing against a better opposition, we the result may have went the other way. But I would have to say Cox stepped on the gas again and stretched it back out to eight points, a little bit like what they did against Clare. They were five points up, went the point down, and then stepped on the gas and came back and went six points up. I know they could have lasted at the end and it would have been a travesty. 
but it, they are definitely it moving wouldn't. in the it right wouldn't. direction. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just think they're, I, I do think they're improving. And you know what I liked about it now? The one here I would, I, I'd love to play a compliment to lesser players as well, to John Mellericks, to Luke Meads, um, Robert Downey as well. Like the amount of blocks and hooks that they got in on Saturday night was quite obvious. There was a huge amount of that. Like, we, we have some very good players as well, the likes of Hannity and Hoggy and, and Matt Coleman and Dara Fitzgibbon. But like, the, the lesser known lads I thought were excellent on Saturday night. And I think that bodes board, well for the future. And like, Keanu's, I suppose the lads are saying continuously, outside of Hoggy and Hannity, the average age of the team is 23, 24 <laughs> years of age. So the future is bright and it's great to be back in Croke Park. But a huge upping in performance required to, to get to, to an All-Ireland final, I would suggest. Ken, he's um, he's kind of playing it down already, isn't he? He's he's putting the... It's like as if now they were all called into a meeting yesterday at some stage, all the ex-greats and all the ex-captains, let's say, bring them in and say, lads, when you're in the media this week now, it's all bust. This is a bonus now. They're at it already, Ken. Yeah, look at um, Cork, Cork are back in a big way, in my opinion. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Patrick Collins, Mark, because he's actually down to even more now with us at the moment. Um, he's the same age as Brian. He's only 24, like, but he's been five, six years on that bench. And we see it this year with Brian now. You know, he got concussed twice and he had the frustration in a sitting out the championship. It's pretty uh, frustrating. I always use the example of Noel Skeehan. You know, I think he was 30 when he played Inter-County. And look at the goalkeeper he was after. He's understudied Harley Walsh. And then you had Darren Gleeson with Brendan Cummins, you know. So from that perspective, you just have to be patient in that position. And like they played again, again, Carrie Dune, Tony Forrest, all up along Sorry. against each other, Brian and um, and Patrick, all all those games. But eventually he's got his opportunity. And I had never any doubts watching him, even when he was under 14 coming up, that he would be a top-class goalkeeper. He has that calmness that a goalkeeper needs. He has that presence. But also... Obviously, with Donald Grady, Donald Grady in the background, that patience and trust is there with a goalkeeper. I remember talking to the Limerick lads, TJ. Do you know um, when Kenrick came in at the start, Nicky was trying these short puck outs and one or two were intercepted. And Nicky was reassured by the management. This is the league, Nicky. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. We've got to try these things because at the, at, you've got to look at a bigger ch- picture and championship. And that's, that's exactly what Cork have done as well. Uh, you know, with their puck outs. And I'm delighted you mentioned the Jeremy Mellericks as well and the Luke Needs of, the, of this world, Robbie O'Flynn, and, and of course, Robert Downey at full back. Because that, that number three position, number six position for Cork, I think they've plugged the holes now, Mark. And Jesus, must be a really exciting time down in Cork now at this stage. You know, coming into a to play, play your old folds, Kid Kenny. You know, shackles off now, going through to an all Ireland semi final. Uh, good management team there but more importantly, a bit of momentum behind them. You know, whether we like it or not, Kilkenny are there. They're savage aerial ability. We're hearing this aerial ability all the time. The one thing that has probably has let us down in tape, but I think they will meet a different team in Kilkenny in the, in the fact that they can plug those scores that you mentioned about Dublin, you know? Yeah, I think the lads were being fair to Dublin last night saying they're, they're in the middle of nowhere, that they have to overachieve or underachieve because... Dalo will tell you what a massive job himself and Richie Dakin did in, in Dublin, but it's so frustrating, sure. You mentioned about the marquee forwards. Like, the best forward I've seen in the last six years playing club hurling was Conor Kellen. 
You know, yeah. he's the best hurler, club hurler. And unfortunately, there's they were the guys. You know, they were the guys that would push you over the line. That would get that goal for you when you need it. Uh, you can't underestimate Conor Callan's ability to do that. His brother is playing at the other end. It must be frustrating, and you went through that frustration day long when some of your top players, unfortunately, are not available to you. Yeah, and the difference then, Ken, when when Conal Keeney decided to say, "No, I'm going to hurl. I wanted to hurl always. Maybe the setup wasn't always there, and then he came across. And funny enough, a national title and a provincial title come after Keeney comes across within three years. You know, it's just yeah. like Con would be, and I'd love to see. Maybe look, maybe if they go on and win this one, or maybe they won't win this football one. Maybe Con. That's so why I think, and I'll talk. We we'll talk about the Dubs a minute in a minute, but I think it's crucial to keep Matty there now with the connection with Kula. I think Khan would actually turn Dublin into contenders, not pretenders, real contenders. Like, as you, you yeah, you can't underestimate how good oh, geez, he is. I've seen him. In, I saw him playing, and also the fact, the fact that his brother is playing as well. You know, yeah. they're in the one house, eating out of the one soup bowls. You know what I mean? Yeah. From that, from that point of view, there must be a pull to play at that level, particularly when you're living in the city, training in the city, just down the road, and you're seeing your brother going out with the gear and the bag and the hurley and the helmet. You know, there must be a pull there at some stage. Yeah, we, we I, two years with Kilmacud, and a great visit from them. They played for Castle on Saturday, and they came back to the pub and, and watched the game, and uh, James made a great night. It was a mighty pack now, but uh, um, and thanks to the great Mick Hines and Paddy Linehan for organising that as well. <laughs> great crack. But the hound. Yeah, uh, like, and uh, the hound is right. <laughs> um, what a guess, man. So, but uh, I was going, oh, no, yeah, this, we beat him the first year. Big shock, so caught him kind of really. Do you know, I didn't think. When met him in the quarterfinal the following year, lads. Uh, like, he was just unmarkable, Con. Like, honestly, like, you just could not mark him. And funny enough, in the county final, then first ball in, rounded the full back. Buried it. I think Noli came a little bit late and gave him a dead leg, <laughs> and he had to hobble off. And Bridget came close to cause an upset. Then, like that, 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 that's how good he is. Like you know, so just a pity. And Jack O'Connor could have been close to that dead leg mark too. And Sunday, Noli was coming out Saturday evening. I said, "Oh no, because Noli no, doesn't pull no. up." And what a great year! What a great year he's had in the goals for Dublin as well. I thought he's absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. Whether it is an autumn, summer, but Noli stay going. Noli loves. Noli lives for it. No, they definitely stay going. What an influence. And yeah. Um, TJ, your your take on all things Cork, your Kieran Kingston, are you happy? I'm definitely happy. Um, I think they won like Sharpex favourites that they were without being maybe overextended. I think there was plenty more in them. Um, what's different about Cork this year? I, I think just to touch on what Ken said there, I think fixing three and six to a fair degree has had a massive impact on the team. I'm not sure if they're going to stick now. Like Downey has definitely posed a question for them. I'm not sure if he was maybe the the, 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 the number one choice for them because let's say it could have been Callan or Cadigan. But I thought Downey was fierce, impressive. He got the blocks in, and you could see him growing. He's a bit like where Carker at the moment with their game plan, with their poke outs. And, and definitely. And TJ, can I just ask, like, what I at the point I was trying to make this morning in in their column was this was a completely different challenge with Ronan Hayes than Aaron Shanahan. And he yeah. looked to be early yeah. on that Ronan Hayes might be this fella's going to upset the apple cart here, you know. But he coped, and what a second half then. Brilliant second half. Now, you probably said Dublin maybe had the better of those chances early doors, and Puck went in two points up at the water break, which is a big plus for them, not having hurled brilliantly. But I, I think the two key points for me are that, that the central spine of defence, and the other thing, just you talk about, let's say, 
you might talk in one player change a team like Conor Callaghan. Obviously, he's that good. But for me, Jack O'Connor has changed the Cork attack, right? He's a line breaker. Like, it's difficult now for teams to leave him one on one inside with Jack O'Connor because he's so quick and he's so pasty. And I think he's changed the face of this Cork attack. The focus was nearly always on Huggy. Now it's shifted. Robbie O'Flynn, Jamie Handley, going back to where he was. Like, they're, they're probably the key differences with this Cork team. Yeah, there might be question marks about their second half, but I never got the sense that this, this game was going to go away for them. They've done enough, and the road might have been kind to them this week because, you know, for a big match coming against Kenny, they probably weren't overextended. They probably played at maybe 75 or 8%, tidied up during the week, get the, get the bodies refreshed, will lead them in a good position. There's certainly a tide rising here. It is red. There's a lot of positives. I don't know, Mark, where the likes of Cadigan and Callan and these boys, will there be jobs for them? Because they'd be maybe the bigger physical players where they would suit maybe possibly one or two of the players, like a Wally coming on or a Massey Keown or like the way Kenny play. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of challenges for the management team in getting this matchups and maybe their tactics right. Because as we've seen over the weekend gone and maybe previous weekends, Different games and lives of their own. And we've got all sorts of different game plans now, whether it is one game off the shoulder, physicality, pace, or power. So that's the challenge, I imagine, yeah. for Cork during okay. the week. And, and I think, like, usually you with a winning team, but I could see some changes coming from the beginning. Yeah, I, I suppose just to go, to, go back to Jack O'Connor about pace and that, like, I said, he has some touch, lads. I mean, like, like, the one thing that struck me was the ball that he went out off his left hand side, like without breaking his stride, like he flicked it up with one hand into his hand and rattled it over the bear. Like the last time I saw a fella doing that, like was Dean, like you know, and like Joe lived on his lived on his touch. Joe wouldn't have had Joe had a swerve as what he had, and he could throw a fella in no time. Or like Jack O'Connor has it all now at the moment, and hard to believe he's out there getting three yellow cards in the last two championship matches. So. He, and he's not, and he's not a, he's not a doctor player by any, but he's he's ballsy like that's, and that's, I like that, and um, and you're right, TJ, he has changed the face of the team because you know what he's done, he's basically said, lads, just give me the ball, and I'm going to go at him. Would he go at him or not? I'm going at him, and he might actually show it to one or two of the other forwards that maybe need to say, lads, you know what? When I get the ball in my hand, it isn't to tap the ball over the bar, and, and we had a few of those forwards in the past. That when they got it, they want to just get the, get the, get the ball over the way and have their name on the score sheet. Now, this fellow wants a goal. The point is the second option for him. But smart enough, I suppose, if the point is the right thing to take at the time, I think Jack will make that decision as well. Now, coming back to what they're going to do with 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 Cahillan like is out. He's 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 an on runner. He's appendicitis, so he's no chance of playing. I'd say there's a good chance that Owen Cadigan will be available to play. Great to see Colum Spillane getting a bit of game time as well. So. Sean O'Leary Hayes as well. So now all of a sudden you have three extra defenders. You have nine defenders now fighting for six positions. And I think what we saw over the weekend brought out of Waterford and Tipperary was that the bench had a huge part to play in the championship. And I think the bench will have a significant part to play as well uh, next, next against Kilkenny. Because, you know, there's going to be, it's a different, it's a totally different game. It's going to bring massive physicality. And you also then have Kilkenny forwards at every one of them. You know, and you, we, we all know about, you know, the own Cody's, the Dejas and the Billy Ryans, right? They'll look at the scorers, Massey, Keown, Donnelly, they'll be seen as physical threats. But if they get the ball in the hand, they can put the ball over the bar. 
whereas some of the Dublin players couldn't do that over the weekend, which is probably what which helped Cork to get over the line. But you won't get away with that. Like we we'll need to rise at least two levels, I think, if we've any chance of beating Kilkenny over the weekend. Now, do I think it's in there? I do. Um do, do I think we'll see it next weekend? I hope we will. I'm just wondering what three matches in the in the in 14 days is going to take out the lads. And that is a factor. And I suppose Kilkenny have been sitting in the wings for the last two weekends now, right? They've had a good look at Cork. That's the reality. They've seen him now in two championship matches. And no better Biden Brian Cody to set up his situation that he'll isolate one or two of the Cork players that he feels, okay, I think we can get a bit of fodder off of these fellas. Like, if TJ Reid got the opportunities that Ronan Hayes got at the, at the weekend, would Rob Downey have been able to, you know, extract himself out of that position? That is a big question for me. That is his biggest test. And I, I hope that, that Rob Downey will be full-back. I believe he will be full-back. And I mentioned it last year that he played his first three league matches and he was settling mm-hmm. in fine. Then Owen Cadigan came back and they moved down the old wing back and Cadigan went in full-back. So, uh, like... The funny thing is, he's accidentally full-back now, lads, at the moment because of the appendicitis for Damien and the injury that Owen Cadigan got. So, sometimes you get a bit of a break and you get a bit of a look on the way and you t- and he has taken his opportunity, which is the big thing. And for Cork moving forward, Downey needs to be left at full-back, but his biggest challenge is coming this weekend, Mark and TJ Reid. Well, I like that, uh, Mark and Ken. I, I, I stumbled on a full-back as well when I was with the Doves with Tomas Brady doing his crusade up against Galway and Tullamore and it happened to be Peter Kelly went from wing back back to full back and you know proceeded to be one of the best full backs in the country for five, six years till injury uh, took all of, uh, of his career unfortunately but I mean that that can happen and uh, you know you know in goal a full back and you touched on this and, and Cork now have settled backs going into the weekend Settle backs going into the weekend. Um, I think uh, they're going to meet a totally different gravy in Kilkenny. Um, the aerial ability of Owen Cody, Mullen, TJ, Big Wally, when he probably comes in, he seems to be an impact sub now, rampaging forward, you know. Kilkenny are the last, if it, with due respect to Kilkenny, they're sort of the last of the old style team. Tipperary were slightly old style last, last Saturday, but. Kilkenny now are the last of the old traditional team. I know they're playing it through the lines a bit, but still, still they rely so much on that 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 pressure up front, winning the high ball, creating the opportunities, creating the chances. That's a big ask for Cork. And obviously Cork, you know, they've come through a system of, of playing against teams. Dublin didn't, you know, curtail him. Tony Kelly really tested him. It could have, as, 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 it could have been a calamity at the end, Mark. Oh, uh, absolutely. Worked out. Again, Patrick Collins stood between it and, and defeat between it. So, so from that perspective, they are going to taste. That's that's where Kilkenny are going to try and thrive, you know. But Cork up front, it was good to see Hoggy back in form. He won a few great balls. Uh, could have got a goal. Uh, has a good record against Kilkenny. And overall, <laughs> this game is all to play for and. We mentioned TJ was mentioning backroom or subs and impact subs. We're definitely, as I'd say, going to hit an extra time soon. You know, we're definitely going to get this extra time situation soon, and it could be this weekend. It could be the penalties too, and Patrick Collins in could be really caught on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. TJ, just for the dubs, I I just have this gut. I I've no allegiance to anyone out there, but there's all this speculation going on now about every county that's out of it. 
City has already departed Wexford, so there's a vacancy in Wexford. We know um, the speculation about Galway, the speculation now about Matty Kenny after three years in Dublin. Uh, there's already speculation <laughs> about Tip and nearly the speculation about the Waterford manager, good and all as he's doing. Um, he, where he go? But for Dublin, for me, like if you look at Matty's three years, like the first year, you know, knocked Galway out. Knock all the way out of the Leinster Championship in Parnell Park. Got caught by Leash. You know, one of those things. Um, I'd, I'd give anyone a pass on last year, the way it went. And Cork beat them. You know, fair old battle again. But I, I thought there was real progress this year. I thought it was a bit of misfortune. I think, you know, Owen O'Donnell had been missing for me. is is, is a three, three, two, three-point swing. And I, I think they should stick with Matty for definitely another year and let him try and build on that. Never know what had happened with Conor Callaghan and his links there. And, I think for Dublin, like they've been the 20 All Ireland final, great match with Galway in this year's Leinster 20 final. There, there is good jungle is coming through, and I, I think just stability for a little bit would be a great move for them. Yeah, I would agree. And we spoke about earlier, I would think that in that under 20 final against Cork, like for long periods, apart from the start, Cork got Dublin were equally as good as them. They were coached very well and did some lovely players this year against a good Galway side in the 20. And that's important for them to have a kind of a, a chain of talent through they can keep pushing on like I don't think we would have expected Dublin to be in the Leinster final this year everybody expected Galway to beat them in the semi-final so you'd have to say that that was fair going um, I think Matty has stumbled across like, like a nice formula I like the way they play I mean the forwards are moving well I, I, maybe it's harsh on some of them to say maybe they're missing that top drawer player to maybe take over the line and days against some of the bigger outfits yeah, that 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 million pound player, like isn't it? I, I, I like like Matty was his three years done in COVID time. I I, I think it, it it wouldn't be bad business to give him another shot at this. Keep keep the show on the road. Um, they probably have to find a couple of those young fellas to try and see if they can, see if they can bed them in. Maybe find another little bit of class. But definitely for me, I think they're heading in the right direction. I think they're definitely mm. work in progress and I can see the progress yeah, in them. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, it's job done so for the Rebels and, and uh, Sunday for that one, isn't it? That's the Limerick Ward for the Saturday. So the extra day, Mark, is crucial too, isn't it? I think it'll be a help to the players and um, I just know from talking to a number of them, like they are, they're exhausted, Anthony. And I mean, they're after two championships. Like the clear game was a... It was a bummer because it's a scorching hot day and stuff of like that, you know. Get out the fiddles uh, again there, lads. Get out yeah. the fiddles. <laughs> no sympathy for Clare, like, four weeks out of five. You, you wouldn't mention that at all in the show when coming up to the cock game, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, in fairness, the ball fell to the right man, Faye. We gave you the opportunity to get out of jail and you didn't take it. You took it in 95 and look what happened. You went on, you, you won three months and two All-Irelands. You're a double winning captain for all, and you and say you never bought Ali Baker a point, did you? After this, what about you? You want to get out the calculator on the phone for all the points. You, you know yourself now. The guards, the guards don't buy too many points. Like <laughs> you don't know Ali Baker, Mark. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Oh, I, 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 There's one other thing that we didn't touch on with Cork is the role of Tim O'Mahony. I, I know, I know, we kind of refer to someone like Kyle, Kyle Hayes. Mm. The goal he scored after Hurley, un- 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 unbelievable run through the middle. 
Dale, I'm not sure if you found yourself in the 21 yard time when you were in those heady days of, of, of wing back. Did you ever get a shot at goal? No, I, ba- I stayed back around my own 21. Okay, you went to the crossfire in 95, didn't you? And Eamon Taft. Yeah. <laughs> that was a free. That was too lads. We'll hit the crossbar for 90 yards, TJ. You know, like we needed a goal. Like we needed a goal. Oh, yeah. As Brendan Cummins would say, Ken, I gave him the eyes, David Hughes. You were the first in this idea to start the crossbow challenge. Is that what you're trying to tell oh, us? Tell oh, look. <laughs> Some, something magic had to happen, like so. You know, Tim O'Manny, you're right, yeah, TJ. Yeah. What a goal! What a goal! Rushi came to do him. I would like goal. to tip defence now. I'm going to say this straight out. No one came to do Kyle Hayes. Let's say right, and I mean do now mm. in a proper way, as we'd say. He doesn't. He doesn't come through. You must put the yeah. body on the line. But Rush came to do him, like. And in fairness, O'Mahony, and we're on about body swerves and, and that, he just took a step. If a rugby player did it, lads, they'd be raving about it. He stepped yeah. onto the right foot and back across, and he just missed him. I'd say about a half a foot with the shoulder, yeah. and he dipped the shoulder rush to try and meet him. And then, of course, I'd say Noli was expecting to take it a bit further. And I wouldn't say it was nothing. It was no way. It was a soft goal. But I thought Noli, when I saw him shooting, I'd say, Noli, get to this. Because Noli's yeah. a great shot stopper. But I'd say... He didn't think he was going to shoot. He thought he might pass, I'd say. And Noli's brilliant to come off his line in those situations as well, as we saw against Kilkenny. He just, you know, he'd come out and pelt the body like he doesn't mind. Uh, but he, 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 Jesus was a great first-time strike. And uh, Jesus, lads, if, if Kyle Hayes' goal wasn't scored, we'd be raving about this goal. You know, yeah. but this is, isn't it brilliant to mention, though, to see, you know, because, like, I, like there'd be no point in me making that run, TJ, because... Straight away, the wing forward would have taken it off me. <laughs> then one of the midfielders would have definitely taken it off me. Like, do you know but what like, I saw? But Dale, the, the funny are thing, you, Dale, is that... Are you, are you, you need oh, a taxi bag. Stop it, Ryan Ayer. But a goal chance, he, scored, he, he came down the right-hand side of the flank of the pitch to get that goal. And then later on for the Robbie O'Flynn uh, goal chance, he came down the left-hand side of the field mm. and made a run. And the ball was only being poked out. And he started sprinting from his own half-back line and got on the end of a pass and um, and, and later on for Robbie O'Flynn who had a chance who was, who was which brilliant. but come here coming back to tell you a small story about uh, Tim O'Mahony right uh, Tim's a gas man now right but he, when he was doing his leaving sock right the mother told him Newton Chandler am I playing championship right and she said under no circumstances now are you playing so the, the leaving was starting on Wednesday and, and they were playing championship on Sunday so that was going anyway he um he was at home anyway, and one of the lads clicked him. Of course, he walked out, no gear, no hullery, no helmet. And the mother said, I'm delighted now, she said, that you're finally listening. And ma'am, there's no problem whatsoever. You're dead right. The leaving self is critical here. I wouldn't play a championship. So he went away to the match, and, uh, and the mother turned up at the match, and, uh, and next while she looks out the field. And who sent the forward for Newton Chandram? The bowl, Tim O'Mahony. He was after throwing the gear into the car the night before. I told you, man, she wants back that now, and I'll go, I'll go, I'll go without the gear. I'll have a bluff. So he's unreal, Affle. <laughs> yeah, you can, as we said, often said to boys, like you, you can repeat uh, the leave and search. You can't repeat the first round of the championship. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had big problems when I went to Dublin first about that. Like he was taking a year out for the leave and search. They wouldn't even hold yeah. minor, like. I said, what the Unreal. fuck is this? What the fuck is this about? Like, do you know? <laughs> anyway, um, no, can I sure look at? Yeah, we we understand all that, and you know, I think it's a great sign. Like, he's a, he looks like a real rounded chap. I don't know him at all. He was in my uh, there, wasn't he? With 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 Jamie, 
Um, yeah. I saw him playing centre forward a good bit for Mary I. You know, that's maybe where TJ he can go up the field and do those things. And we've seen a good bit. We look, we're looking and we're touching it now. We're looking at Shane Bennett at centre back, like so. Like yeah. obviously, it's becoming way more flexible. But look, congrats to Cork, and, and we really look forward to that. The old firm nearly back. If you'll excuse me saying that, uh, Ken, the old firm uh, kind of meeting again on Sunday. There'll be a lot of snottery around Crow Park. Um, anyway, any <laughs> <laughs> any fella from Clare like if he told shut up like if he says anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, lads, what a game we had earlier in the day. I suppose the pity for me was somebody with the scheduling like half one and seven o'clock. Do you know what? It's, it was too far apart, and we'd football in between then, and that's not easy for us to take. Let's face it. Like, but lads, it was nearly a throwback match, like in one of us, and like. Can you touch on it there now that, that maybe Tip were playing a little bit off the cuff old fashion, but they still were conceding the puck outs like and, and playing deep. But in some ways, lads, I thought the defensive player wasn't savage. Now, I'm not going to take away from the match in one way at all. But sometimes like there was a sharp puck out allowed, but then there was also a sharp pass then for about 50 yards allowed to wing forward, which was a scoring fest. Lad. I just put up on Twitter at the Waterbeck, breathless. Like, it was just... It was incredible stuff. Like you'd say, Watford are going to burn these lads. Like, and you know, Shane, uh, Stephen Bennett in, like, went the killer instinct. Maybe the Carl is putting into him, went for the goal where maybe the pint to put it 6 1, and then it was intercepted, cleared, and down the field, the Shamey bang. And like, it just, it just kind of had it all the match. Um, and, and very, very enjoyable game, Kane. I know as a tip man. I don't know if you're on duty commentating or whatever, but yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you taking it all in, sure. Like, and I mean, but it was just, just a great game of hurling, wasn't it? Like, if you could step back from your tip roll, obviously. Yeah, in actual fact, that after about four minutes, I'd say uh, Stephen Gleason would probably tell me maybe it was that right to start. I took off the headphones and fair play to Ian, the engineer with Chip FM, he gave me just the microphone because I said, these bloody headphones, I can't take in the atmosphere. So once the headphones were off, I was able to take in everything. I watched everything that was going on, the, the atmosphere, the crowd, what was going on. Um, Austin Gleeson went for the juggler early on, put it up by the post wide. It was just uh, hugely, I was hugely fearful that we were, we were going to concede an awful lot. And it, it, unfortunately, it came to fruition, as you well know. We had 2.14 conceded by half time. Um, it was just the lads themselves, the heart and the commitment they showed, and the unbelievable tenacity to stay the stay the stay 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 the whole game to hang it in there to the bit of rain kept Tipperary going. But Tip played on instinct, lads, I think. We played on instinct. We have marvelous hurlers and we played on instinct. I think Walworth had that, that little bit on his right through. Um Austin Gleason should have got that goal. Obviously they went through and poked the ball over the bar in the second half to make an insurance point as they taught. But we came back up and then had a had a, a couple of huge opportunities again. But Overall, to concede 428, looking at it from a temporary point of view, just concede 428, 40 points was just too much. You, you can't win games, you know, and then to score 227, um, the highest ever score on a, for a losing team in a championship, um, it's just, 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 just heartbreaking for the players themselves because um, they died with their boots on, as Liam said. But, of course, there's, there's a bit of surgery needed, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, it's like... Uh... Some ways, uh, Tej, it reminded me of the great maybe boxers we we think of down through the years. Who, who you know, I'm not saying they stayed on a, a fight too long or anything, but they were great champions. And 
and and they loved the game and and they <clears> wanted <throat> to stay on the stage. It wasn't about money even with those great fighters, but you knew possibly this wasn't the fighter of old. No, and it can't be. Look at the reality. Once you move into your thirties in the modern game, it's gone so quick. I probably don't like some of the commentary over the weekend about we're mo- like you just touched it at the start. We're moving managers on or we're moving players on very very quickly here. We want we want new straight away and we want fresh players. Um, I I suppose the game had it all. Like there were six goals scored and there could easily nearly have been six more. The, the, the chances were, were so, so so many there. Like what's incredible about Waterford score as well. Ken was out of four twenty-eight. Imagine only one point came from a free, which is incredible. Three twenty-five from play, two from the sidelines. Like it was just like to score three twenty-five from play is unbelievable. It was very possession type game. Like effectively, nearly when Waterford had the possession, they kept it, worked it, and got a score. When Tip had it, they kept it. There wasn't maybe as much play on the middle, um, which probably suited Waterford's game. I agree with you. you can concede 40 points in hurling, whatever way you set up. There was no card in the game. It seemed to lack physicality. Now, maybe it did because of the base, Ken. Maybe it was the way guys were running and moving the ball, but you have to get some sort of a hold on it there and maybe don't concede those puck outs to Waterford and maybe back your defence a bit more. And yeah, I thought that maybe... Sorry, Ken. Yeah, well, it's usually frustrating for me and, and nobody is at the answers. And I, I've been there before myself. You know, but it's just one one comment to make is that Roland Maher, I cannot understand why he's left half back. Um, I think he rallied the team in the second half from 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 that position. I think he had to be number six. He was as a twenty one year old, he was number six in sixteen. It was his first championship season, and he was absolutely outstanding. And he was absolutely outstanding, filling a problem role at fullback in two thousand nineteen in a central position, and even. I think Mikey Beavens did 100 metres in eight seconds when that puck out came to that Roland caught in his fingertips in the second half and said, no more ball down Roland Maher's wing. And that's what transpired. You saw, you saw where the scores came from then, the far wing. The north wing. Yeah, and like, I maybe I'm missing something, but Roland had to be number six for me, you know, uh, to stem the tide. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very you, you. You can't expect to win a game when you're conceding those type of numbers, and like you, you've got to get that that platform right. But look, um, I suppose look, she 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 still felt that the old guys were still the team. Like they're, they're not that old. 33, 31, Like Tom Brady was playing there recently, Dale, and he was whatever factory. Like so, we are probably quick at club level and county level in the modern era to move fellas on. But these game plans and the workarounds, and you'd probably have to give Walter plenty of credit for that and the way they play the game. And Dave brought a new dimension again with two boys in the middle of the field. Like since Jamie Barron has come back in and he's partnered with Peter Hogan in the middle of the field, it is causing problems for teams. They're just very, very busy. They're off the shoulder every single time. Their ability to players ahead of the ball, Dale, right? And in the rock then to find that player, that's definitely um kind of one of their signature plays they're doing really they, they must be doing a lot of work on it they cause tip a lot of problems they had a lot of runners through the middle and I would say looking ahead to the weekend you would say it's a game that could cause Limerick oh, Jesus, they lay down your will you go away will you, will you? Come on, will you? Hey. no no but I'm just saying 
round the middle of the field, it, it is a way sure. to play that could cause these problems. They, they will meet a different physical challenge in, in, in the defence. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, Mark Hall. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Come here. Okay, li- the, listen, the story is all about Watford here, as in lots, you know, has to be like. I mean, um, we they were written off like declare match, terrible, didn't trundle past leash, and you know, now it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, look, well, they have brought something new, Anthony. I was sorry, I'm wrong in saying something new, but they have brought a vibrancy to the first 15 or 20 minutes to a game. That we haven't seen the pace of that type of thing for, I suppose, in any of the championship matches this year. So, like their first, their first fifteen minutes was just absolutely electric over the weekend, and a lot of that is down to Jamie Barron in the middle of the field. He was outstanding, along with Peter Hogan as well, another outstanding forward uh, that has converted into a midfielder, which is actually strange. But I suppose in the overall context of things. Whether they'll be able to last 70 minutes against somebody like Limerick is the big thing. Now, I, look, just coming back to the Tipperary team, as with 71 minutes played, there was two points in it. Tipperary were also getting three guilt-edge goal chances at the time. So, I mean, like, we're writing off Tipperary here as having, you know, where does their future go from here? Well, like, if John McGrath struck the goal, and I, th- I think the, f- the most important save or the most the vital miss, I suppose, was the one that the keeper saved and it went over the bar. I thought if that went in, the scores were level. I actually think Tipperary would have went on and won the match. It's just the fact that the um, the three chances that came and were missed, and then when Tip were pushing up the field, they got caught with a soccer goal down on the other side from Niall Montgomery. But like, I, I, I don't know. Waterford were brilliant, but I still think I thought Tipperary were equally as good. And just missed out. If they got one of the three goal chances at the end of the game, I think the game could have went to Pereira as well. It's amazing that we were crying out for goal chances, Mark, all year. We were so pessimistic in the league. Oh, not 25 to 21 points. Are we ever going to see a goal? Now the championship has brought up great goal chances, great saves, wonderful goals taken. And uh, we have a feast of goals. And I think that the modern day game uh, with the goal situation has been has been great. I think uh, we can't complain anymore. Waterford play off the cuff, they play with speed, uh, they run at teams, they take chances. Obviously, you, you see that, and some of that can be uh, defined as as they say kamikaze defending or whatever you like to t- to call it, mm. which which really suffer for for a finish. But the the tip, the John McGrath, Mark Keogh particularly, you know, uh, when they came into the team. Nilo Merritt, they started running at the Waterford defence. We pushed up. Um, I just looked last night, I couldn't believe it. John McGrath only came on the 59th minute, lads. Yeah. Now, if I, if I was Liam Cal or Mikey Peebles, we saying, oh, I don't want to see John McGrath coming into this game. I don't want to see John McGrath coming into this game. 59 minutes was a little late. I think he deserved at least to come in, you know, after the first quarter, after 45, uh, you know, 46, 47 minutes, you know, after the second water break, he should have been in. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's we'd have to talk. We just we'd have to touch Ken, I suppose, and and I need the three. But like the penalty decision, lads. I mean, we, it, I, for me and Brian Gavin just said like you know, and Colum Colum Lines had a great game. He contributed so much to the the game, but it was a huge call. Like wasn't it? I mean, 
there was no offering it really. Uh, if you actually the te- most telling thing about it, I think is when Austin gets blocked down by Barry Hogan um, for the you know when he went to kick it. Austin never reacted at all. Like who knocked my hurley out of my hand? Austin was just looking to see was the sixty five even. Yeah, uh, it was the most telling thing for me, and it, it was a huge call. It was a huge time. It was it was desperate relief for Watford. Well, well I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to this now again, right? Because I, I I need I wanted to say it last week about technology, Anthony. Right? Um, like. I think Colum Lyons awarded a free because he felt there was a technical foul that Mikey Breen hit Austin Gleason's holly and he dropped the holly, which forced him to not get a strike, which, look, we all know now we've played it long enough. That really isn't a foul and it's certainly not a penalty, right? Um, I just got to digress for one second. The first Lyons test, right? The on-field referee gave three tries and he said, my on-field decision is a try. And two of them based on video evidence, were overturned and the result went towards the lines. And, and those two results had a big, or those two big calls that were decided by technology, decided by television, were telling in the end. And I think if Colin replayed that again on the screen, right, or if you give the opposition a chance you know, remember we mentioned about the Aussie rules that you have one call and if you, if you, one challenge, and if that challenge is correct, you keep your challenge. If it's incorrect, you lose your challenge. I think, and I, I'm, I'm saying this now, the sooner the GA moves to more technology and more use of technology, the better. And part of the reason why we're not doing it is because Crow Park is really the only stadium in the country that is set up properly for technology. But if we're really serious, about treating management and players correctly, we need to install large screens and have technology in four or five of the big stadiums all over the country because the fine margins between winning and losing is coming down to decisions. And I'm not saying that that cost them the game. It didn't because the reality is that Tip got three goal chances themselves and they didn't take any of the three chances, right? So there's no point in blaming column lines. It was, it was a part of the game I think column lines, if he reviews it again, will say, ah, yeah, maybe technically it was right. But I'd say he wouldn't give it in another circumstance. But look, it didn't cost tip the game as far as I'm concerned. But it was a huge fill-up for Waterford at the time because it stretched out their lead to seven or eight points. No, for me, Delo, we've touched on this before. I just think that where do you stop? How far does it go? At what part of the pitch do you bring technology the game is too quick. Would you? There's would you too just, many tackles I, 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 know and we, I know where you're coming from here because we have talked about it before. Don Logue suggested maybe that it's time to mic up the refs. So, like American football, uh, penalty strike on Hurley. Correct. Penalty is my decision. Yeah. Is that? Would you? Would 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 wouldn't wouldn't slow it down? Because at least then we know. Wouldn't slow it down. We we don't know today for sure what the penalty was for. Was it for the keeper's tackle? No, it's not. Or was it for nothing? It, it didn't. I know, but but like last night, last night you know, okay, last night, like usually, usually if the referee sees a foul, he has his hand up straight away. He didn't have his hand up when the hurley was knocked out. So, but anyway, look, the, the, the penalty was given. But I didn't think at the time it was a penalty. It was soft. I did think it had a bearing in the game because at that stage to put seven points up, it did make a big difference. I thought it gave water for that cushion. They were struggling for a while after that. Look. These, these these things happen and, and, and look the decisions are made 
can I ask you a question now, right? Would you prefer that if Cullum Lyons got 30 seconds to review his decision on the big screen and throw in the ball, not award a penalty, do you not think that that would be the right thing to do? Forget about the slowing down the game now. I VAR has made a horlicks of soccer in the UK, right? I'm you just telling you, this will be 10 times You can't compare it. There'll be so many decisions. No. How, like, where, where does it stop? We've we been looking at decisions though, as far as the middle of the field. Like, we could look at the Mark Cure decision when he was going through. True, right? yeah. In, in, that's, in, that's, in, that's a big in, issue in, for in, me. In, yeah. In in the current in the current game, if, if you go to if you go to um to VAR and, and ask them, was he true on goal? Was there a goal scoring chance? And the answer is there was. So where does it stop? At what end of the field? How many tackles? How many hits? I don't think it's the way forward for our game. It takes excitement and that kind of off the cuff away from yeah. it. So I'm I'm no for VAR and no for technology. Get the decisions right, Mackie. Don't be kind of being soft on people. Look. <laughs> They're there for a reason. Get get them right. I have a right, yeah. yeah like, Dalo, I you mentioned, we... mentioned Dalo about about um, Don Logue, right? Miking up a fourth referee in the sideline who sees that clearly. That's not a penalty. Hurling, yeah, is a very instinctive game. Also, game as TJ mentioned, it's a very fast game. That's if we if we're going to be holding up games with technology, hurling people don't appreciate that one. We suffered as a result, Mark, uh, last weekend. Fair enough. And I think 99% would say it's no penalty. Column lines made a human decision. The funny thing for me, we're talking about the GA and the speed of the game and the speed of hurling. Just before halftime, Jason Ford was blocked down and a water that pounced in the ball and was flying off and Colin blew full time. Or sorry, half time. At that stage, and I wouldn't blame Liam Cahill because he was apoplectic with, with rage, he ran onto the pitch and a number of players surrounded Colin Lyons because of the fact that he blew up in play. Now, in my opinion, Colin Lyons refereed the game. He was brilliant in the first half, uh, Mark. In the game, in the second half, he refereed. I think it was in the back of his head when Austin went through that time. Um, what happened? There was no free. We, we all acknowledged that there was no free. There was no penalty. It was a human decision by Colin Lyons. But that human, the human being element in a referee is just the same as any the rest of us and it was a huge decision TJ that penalty was a huge blow to Tipperary we couldn't afford to concede that we were three or four points down at that stage that made it a seven point game um, we've seen full forwards we've seen centre forwards bursting through fouled in the square hardly around their head and the next thing the referee blows for over carrying and gives a free out we saw no contact there and as you mentioned Mark Austin didn't even look for a free was one was a 65 or a wide or whatever it was. Yeah. There was no hand for TJ. Uh, we have to acknowledge it, it was definitely no penalty. Yeah, uh, look, I think it was, but it's, 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 I like your thinking, Doc, in that we must accept we will whinge. We'll go for the pint that night and meet our friends and we'll say, ah, oh, geez, we had him at that stage. We had him, lads. Like, you know, and I go back to the Clare thing, you know, the, the, the yellow card and, uh, you know, we're still talking about it up here and, and yet we were in the back door. So like it, it it is hard to take, but and I mean I I suppose I was on the maybe like the wrong the one, end, the one the biggest. Batman, yeah, the one for Beckman stopped Marco from shooting at goals. Was, yeah, was, I look at yeah, you you'll get a bit and you'll you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, so like Mark, you, you, you even spoke there earlier about ninety five and you said about you got it in ninety five and look what happened. 
and we didn't get it this year. And I, I suppose that's part of what we enlist for with Hurland. And I agree with you. We should try and get the decisions more and more right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and to take that split second on the crucial one, have a video referee in somewhere who has a screen and can see what the co-commentator Michael Dignan can see in that split second. Yeah, and stop the clear for a split. You know, just twenty seconds. Like, yeah, you know the. The replay is on straight away in RT. And he, I said, Jeez, Colm, I can see nothing there. Right. White yeah, ball. Yeah. Do you know? And like, lads, I, I just think there's great learnings from the other sports. Like, you know, I, I, I must say, I think rugby have it down to a T. They include everybody, lads. They include the two touchlines and the referee and the video. And Mark, the bloody game took two and a half hours to play. For God's sake, Mark, the game went on for over two hours. The I love rugby. It was the worst game to watch. It was so slow. It took over an hour to play both halves. Everybody is hugely upset. And I know what you're what the point you're coming to, but in actual fact, it was a yawn from start to finish. That's not what hurling's about. I know. And, and, and Ken, I don't, I don't disagree with you a one jot, right? But if you look at, the, at, at all the matches over the weekend, on how many occasions might we have had to go for a video uh, assessment at the weekend? Two or three decisions? Come on, lads. For the sake of 30 seconds, right? I agree with you that the match, the Lions game was brutal in terms of the slowness of that stuff, right? Because they're questioning everything. But in terms of hurling, we would have only needed, I'd say, one or two decisions to actually go for the video assist, assistant. But, like, and you, you also know, lads, that the linesmen are not included unless the referee brings them in. They should be mic'd up at all matches, the four umpires, the two linesmen, with right. the referee, and that they're in constant communication all of the time, lads. And I'm, I'm led to believe that that technology is only available in Crow Park. And if you want to have it in Tullus or Parky Cueve, you need to bring it yourself as a referee. Crow Park should be providing that, uh, all the, the mic-up situation to all the facilities and all the pitches. Bring it like yourself? It. Yes. There's only, one, there's only one stadium that is fully um, adaptable or, or capable of taking the mics, and that is Crow Park. And there's, that's, that's provided by Crow Park. It is not provided in any other stadium, Dela. Checked out already. I know that yeah. it's not the other stadiums, but I can't, I can't, the fathom of, of, of bring it yourself. Yes. <laughs> bring the technology there and you can use it if you want. I know, bring, bring, bring it, you know, you know the way that the referees are mic'd up and stuff like that. That's the referees, I'm led to believe that it is their own referees' gear themselves that they're bringing. It's not being brought by Crow Park. Anyway, yeah, we're, more heat off here. we're going off the tangent there. We're, we're, we're taking the heat off Limerick there. TJ's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Ken, Ken, at the game, right? There was, yeah. was watching it on TV. It looked like after the second goal went in for for tape, right? That Shane Bennett's positioning changed, but it was like as if he sat and fucking killed that space a good bit more than he did at the start of the game. And the second thing I was say to you was the significance of Polly Mars wide there when it going down the stretch. Do you remember when you brought it back to one? You just kind of got a feel it. I suppose one, it was probably ambitious maybe to go for that to get a point from there. If he had used the tip, seemed to have a bit of momentum. And to me, watching on the e, that killed it, I think, did it? Yeah, like, um, Paddy's doing that since he's under 14 with Torres Sarsfields. He's playing at centre-back. Rowan's the same. They're brilliant hurlers. They're up. They go and they have a cut off it. Paddy at that stage, like Paddy, what a warrior. 
what a full back. And like, I, I agree totally with TJ about retirements. He's pushing in people into retirement. Paddy Matter, Paddy Matter, he's in supreme condition. You know, he's another a number of years to play. And I was always a huge fan. I had him at 121 when we won the All Ireland at fullback. I'm a huge fan of Paddy at fullback. Everyone's saying, who's going to fill this position? I think he's a wonderful fullback. He loves selling up the field. He loves being out the field. And one of his faults, <laughs> TJ always was, he'd go for this big haymaker from the middle of the field. He'd done, he had a wonderful interception prior to that, came up the field. He knows now Paddy would be the first to know it because he's such an honest player that he should have given it in to the McGraths and the Kyo's inside and the lads inside. It didn't happen. It went wide and it took the momentum uh, and the wind out of our sails. It was a big one. And actually, Ronan had one as well where after a magnificent catch. We all, we all, we're, again, the lads, they play off the cuff. They're wonderful players. But uh, you mentioned Paddy. The two instances there. One, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant for the team. Two, um, that decision, that w- wasn't a good decision. I think it was. It had a huge bearing in the game. It took the, the, the wind over sails, definitely. And Ken, I can't, I can't leave it, but uh, Liam Cahill gave an awful honest interview after the game, like you said, when it was, he was asked about his native county, obviously, and he said, like, a lot of soul searching to quote him. He said, tough decisions to be made. He mentioned big crossroads. Um, he spoke about you know well resourced and backed management and what and a tip, you know. And I, I'm not responsible for my headline writers now. My piece today where he said tip need a new direction. Jesus, I'm looking at hurling long enough to know Tipperary will always be contenders. We were speaking about Dublin getting back to be contenders. Tipperary will always be every January they'll be contenders for that. I learned, but he did call it out fairly straight. And whether that's a bit of hurt from his own point of view from the last management decision or not, um, I don't know. Well, I know Liam Cahill well, and uh, we've had our highs and lows throughout our career, but Liam Cahill is an absolutely honest man, a passionate hurling man. And we can't forget Mikey Beavis' input here as well. He's a top-class coach. What a a great guy to have on your side. To come as a package, you know, it's like Clough and Taylor, to come as a package. Um, From my point of view, Liam is hurting, obviously, from 2019. He felt it was his job. He'd won a minor 2021. Uh, the thing about Liam is, Liam was very brave to take on the job in 2019. But to come back, people say never come back. Uh, I think Liam went with the with the lads. He stuck with the lads. They have huge trust in him. He had huge faith. He built up a very good backroom team. You know, Tommy Dunn, an outstanding coach, you know, has been involved minor 21 senior. What Tommy Dunn has contributed to Perry Hurlan, nobody can take back. Um, obviously, Eamon O'Shea coming back into the fray as well. Do you know, huge persuasion. So the strength of Leams was his delegation in bringing in a great backroom team, right? And they stuck with the lads. Probably if Liam had come in at that stage, lads, he would have dismantled it a small bit. He would have been ruthless, you know, like the Noel Connors, Morris Shanahan situation. And maybe Tip might have won the other in 2019 as a result. Like, but... I think um, Liam is hurting a small bit. I think he's a passionate Tipperary man. Um, he would love to have that Tipperary job. He's doing a wonderful job for, for Waterford. Um, obviously, obviously, from everybody's point of view, I, I think TJ is dead right. You never write off any player. You can have an impact. No lane. I mean, every year do you say, Asher, no lane retire now. And the Shagger will come back and he scored against us in 88. He scored against Kilkenny in 87 at 34, 35 years of age. 
some of these players can have a huge role to play, you know, for 20, 25 minutes. They owe Tipperary nothing those players. Liam Sheedy owes Tipperary nothing. They've had a wonderful, uh, you know, time together. But I do think there is a small bit of surgery needed. Simple, simple thing. Met Mike Finnelly. I was talking to him about the Rhinus lads. And he said to me, do you know, Tip Speed Team pledged the Offaly team in a challenge. And Tip Speed Team were very impressive. And Liam said to, he actually said to um, Mike Finnelly, he said, they're beating our lads in training, the A team in training. But we didn't see enough of that B team. Brian McGrath, outstanding hurler, Harty Cup, has all those medals, Owen Connolly. We didn't see these guys come championship. Um, they are the guys for the future, whether it's Liam Sheedy will have them or somebody, some other manager, I don't know. But there, as you mentioned, there are, are hurlers there. I would have been happier, though, if, if them lads had seen uh, more opportunities in the league and we got to see him in the championship because we definitely, as you know, lads, we were plugging holes at the back and Owen Connolly and Brian McGrath would definitely have uh, fitted that mantle. Yeah, and great stuff, Ken. And, and look, I'm not going, I'm not, I said that this morning, like I, I, I'm retiring Norman here. Yeah. Liam Sheedy, what a manager, stopped the drive for five and came back yeah. in, as you said, in a second come and delivered another at Ireland. What a man as well. What a friend. I'm not, you know, a great bloke. And, and uh, I no doubt all that whether it is sooner or later, we'll see Liam Cahill with that uh, temporary bandage doors bib on his back and uh, Mikey Beavins uh, doing the training. So, let's it, yeah. Waterford, all the story, just to finish off on him, uh, TJ, huge pace, huge Baron, huge Austin, huge Desi Hutchinson, I would have said. And I, I thought my man of the match, though, and I've got to say this, and he didn't hardly get a mention, was Kieran Bennett, left half back. Yeah. I have a soft spot for these left half back. <laughs> Jesus, Kieran Bennett. Ran the game nearly. We, we spoke about running matter, but shouldn't be out there. Jesus, Kieran Bennett was everywhere for me. And, and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a huge pace in them, and they used it. They know it. I think now Liam even knows more about them this year and where they're at. They haven't tied, they haven't Stephen. Stephen um, O'Keefe. Sorry, no. Stephen O'Keefe from the yeah. goal. Sorry, obviously, Belly Gun is great. And, but they're no whinge out of Cahill. I'm with us. Play to our strengths and. Um, you know, Prunty could have been rocked his foundations with Shammy banging in too early. How many fullbacks would that destroy? And he proceeded to put out the chest and say, I'm better than that. But there's some there's some belief coursing through them. Absolutely. And I think a little bit like Cork, their formation, obviously because of the last tie at six, like it took a while to get there, but Shane at six is definitely fixing a lot for them. It's definitely leaving Andy forward. Definitely an awful lot more of the game than we have seen in the past. He's a huge plus up there because he can score. Um, and obviously the runners that they have. Geez, they, they, and, and so many players who are willing to work for it. What impressed me also after the game, Dela was, right, was when the game was over, right? There was no real celebration or anything from the Waterford players. It was like, just get off the field quick, down the tunnel. They knew this was part of a process. Like So he has them really well tuned in. There's some of them there. They're just they're like greyhounds. And you take... Uh, Prendergast centre forward, uh, Peter Hogan in the middle of the field, he's a real energy, just looking for that work, looking for the ball, and looking to give it off at every opportunity. I can probably also see their training, obviously, there must be plenty of physicality in it, because in the tackle, they're good at getting rid of the ball, as I was saying earlier. Like, so when they get swarmed in, they're, they're very, very good at it. The other thing I was going to say, before we go about sport, we find lines, and we're on about managers, and like the season... And maybe we're heading forward to semi-finals. Like the fine lines are getting finer and finer and finer by the minute. Like 
Kieran Kingston is 70 minutes away from another final, right? He was probably Tony Kelly's strike away from having no championship win, right? Sean O'Brien's save is probably the difference between Liam Cahill and, and Liam Sheedy, right? We're talking about Davy Fitz, right? There was a hawk decision in the Leinster final, which probably stopped Davy being in the Leinster final, and he could have been beating Dublin and being Leinster champions and be sitting waiting, right? And even take Limerick's decision, right? Like the Aaron Gillan decision against Tip in the Munster final as to whether to send him or not to send him was probably a really finite line as well. If he had got sent off, Tip could have been waiting, sitting in the semi final. You know and so, like, we tend. Us people sitting on the fence, Matthew, right? We tend to look and we need something. Like, in all walks of life, right, we want something or someone to blame. That's the way we're going now with all walks of life. And unfortunately, the manager is kind of the first protocol. And I'm just saying about these lines, like all these management teams, all these management teams, (coughs) the one thing that I know from my time involved, right, in club hurling and country hurling, I'm sure you all guys do as well, right, I have never seen a management team who didn't want to give everything they had to win. That's what every management team has wanted to do. They want to win. And when it doesn't work out, then, unfortunately, you get, you get the credit, but you get the blame as well. That's, that's life. And do you know what, though? That's what makes our game the most, you know, you've got the situation you summed up there about the Hawkeye, the, the Tony Kelly, the save from Sean O'Brien. That's what makes hurling the magic that it is like and that's that's why when we watch I'm not cutting down our, our, our co-sport now in our association but Jesus watching Dublin and Kildare yesterday for a small bit and you're saying will someone bring a shot clock into this game we yeah. have to kick the freaking thing forward at some stage like you know yeah. we've given out about <clears> changing <throat> systems in hurling and that kind of thing but look at look at the match we had Saturday like Jesus you, you just like there was there was lads watching it there and, and there were just casual supporters and they were coming in and out of the pub and you, we, we people allowed inside as well now so the telly inside there was people coming in from outside who were watching on the big screen and I had gone inside to watch it with my notebook they were just shaking their head. Ah, oh, Jesus, one flesh said he was a Limerick man. He'd come in to see Watford finishing off tip. He taught me before the match. It's a bit of rivalry there, TJ, you know, yourself. But he could just come in at half time. He was shaking his head. Ah, oh, Jesus, he just said to me. <laughs> like you said. But look, it's fantastic. And, and look, we're delighted for it. And we're going to look forward um, to the semi finals as well. And look, we led a couple of things. Jeez, Mark, this COVID story is only breaking yesterday evening. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just we said it after the Dublin thing, didn't we? We we wouldn't hear the last of it. And yeah, no, it just terrible. hasn't gone away, like has it? No, there'll be. A, I take it, it'll be just postponed, will it? Postponed, yeah, yeah. I think the um yeah. the powers that be have spoken to each other and just said, look, and it isn't the case of we say like Tyrone over the weekend or Dublin in the Leinster final that a number of players are close contacts. The issue is that um the player I think involved was in the dressing room after the. Won, uh, after they won the, the championship last Wednesday night, so everybody was in the dressing room after. So they can't they can't isolate one one or two like you know. Did some did some turn around from April though when a Wexford lad was positive on the Monday and it was too clear lads with the close contact? Like. Well, sure, that that's that's an incredible scenario. Like, but we we spoke at length to that, that 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 was totally unacceptable. Like our situation is quite is quite simple. Um, a player was tested on uh, on Saturday. Got the results on Sunday morning, and in fairness to the county board and the manager, moved immediately to 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 make the powers that be aware of the situation. So, 
Um, and, and like it, the problem is that I think they were, they were in the dressing room after the match. I suppose that everybody's a close contact because everybody was in the dressing room. And that, that alone isn't just the players, it's the management as well. So everybody's... A, and like the big thing here is there's a big circle of people outside of the, the management and the players now that could, could be seen as close contact as well. So I think what's happening is all the players and management have been tested today. And we'll know more, I suppose, over the next 24 hours. But, you know, look, it's down to the All-Ireland final. We waited five or six months for the 2020 final to be played. So if it has to go off for a couple of weeks, so be it. Um, but you know you know what the, the cynical keyboard warriors and Airbus, can tell me now that... Listen, you don't tell me that I like them now. I hate them, yeah. Cody fuckers. Yeah. But you know what they're saying it, is that, you know, if Kilkenny beat the Cox seniors... Yeah. Two significant under twenty players come available all of a sudden for an under twenty all Ireland fine. No, I don't think for one. Listen second, to me. Listen. The, the most important thing at this moment in time is that the player involved is okay, and that any of the other players in management that could have underlying issues and stuff like that. That's what my initial concern is: is that everybody is healthy and well, and that within a week or ten days that this whole thing will blow over. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the two lads. And like, if if Cork happened to win next weekend, I would presume that the All Ireland final will be the under twenty final will be played before the All Ireland final anyway. So it's immaterial. So you know, it, okay, if the result goes the other way, Cork are beaten this weekend, then they do become available. But let's the my my initial thoughts right away are, the, are for the health and well being of the player involved and and all the close contacts and the management there. Yeah, and look, enough said about that. I, I totally think that this is the right course of action as opposed to the action taken earlier in the year. And look, I know the, the Galway lads anyway probably say we want to play their full team anyway. You know that, ah, yeah, that absolutely. Be, sure, listen, I, I remember we were playing an under-16 East Cork final going back 25 years ago. We are playing our local rivals. And, uh, and going on another bit. Yeah, and, and you just said to me, listen... We, we we can't field. We have a half a dozen injuries and stuff like that. And I was saying, Jesus, the boys went to win the championship. Like, you know, and I just said, you know what? Listen, we'll give you a break. There's no problem. Because, like you just said, we want to play your full team. And we don't want anybody saying afterwards, Ashy beat a half a team. So it's it, it's a case of make sure that everybody's okay. And, and I'm sure that um, that match will be played fairly soon, Anthony, straight away. I'd say, you know, once, once everything's okay. Yeah, like a certain Clare team in, in 1998 said, Look, it was blown up shark. We'll play again next week. Yeah, absolutely. Win a day. Exactly. Want to win a day. Win it. Dela, as you know, if you win anything, you wanted one on the field to play. You don't want it one in the boardroom. <clears throat> Dark boardrooms, TJ. On Tuesday nights. <laughs> the field to play. The field to play. No boardroom. Yeah, lads. That's that's what it is, and we'll see it panning out. Uh, lads, we we had the. Uh, the tiered competitions been be finished off uh, over the weekend and um uh great win the Lowry Mar for Anna Kagresi Kevin I mean it was a big story seven or eight years ago Kevin couldn't feel the team and great they, they got there but Fermana were too too strong. Great story in the record, Keith Higgins, what a warrior, the belly harness legend. Um um just saying soon as he was finished a massive intercounty football career. Oh geez, I'm going back hurling. And and he, he lifts the Nicky record for them. I think that's a, brilliant. That's a, brilliant. That's a gem of a story. That's brilliant, yeah. This is where I think our tiered system is a winner. Unfortunately, we're not getting enough publicity into the competitions. That is the problem. We need to we need to look at that. The GA need to look at that. We need to make these more high profile. 
and and I give them the coverage. I think that's crucial. And Again, Dale was, was, was am I correct, Dale, in saying that did Colin Sheen, the, the cooler guy, was he playing with Kevin? Jeez, he Colin Shannon. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think he scored. Again. I think he scored a point for Kevin, and, and I was just saying, yeah. it's great that these guys are going there that maybe have all their club medals in their back pockets and playing in the Lowry Mara, the Nicky Record, the Christy Ring, and promoting yeah. the game. And the Kevin, I'll see this fella. He's club medals in his back pocket, and he's out there playing with us. You know, I think it's a, there's so many hurlers that could be playing at intercounty level through parental rule or anything like that that never get that opportunity. And it's great yeah. to see these fellas getting the opportunity to play with other counties and promoting the game there. Yeah, and we just always refer to the David Reedy story, I suppose, with Limerick. Yeah, came you know, up, played with Kildare, no whinge and no, no snotty, no stuff, got on with it, and now he's back. And was he two All-Ireland medals now? Mm. Definitely won anyway. And, and, yeah. and we'll, it's been turning every game for Limerick. And Ken, great, awfully, look, we do, none of, like, great rivals, great county both codes. Jesus, the point the young lad got in the 21 football lads when he flicked it up. It was Matt Connor-esque, wasn't it? On the run, left peg down, never broke stride, <clears> on <throat> the hand and over the bar, fisted over the bar. But there's a, there's a, you know, Ken, and I suppose you're looking forward to getting your county final place from last year in very difficult situations, obviously, same for both teams, I suppose, but there, there is a revival in the, in the faithful county. Without a doubt, you know, and uh, you mentioned Michael Dyne at the start. What a brave decision for him to come in and take on that job. We are all sitting on the outside, lads. We all love coaching. We love managing for coaching. To take on an administrative role, chairman of a, of a county board or chairman of the club, as you well know. John O'Donoghue, the, the TD, mentioned it was way worse than politics. Um, so from that point of view, you know, like, the, awfully again now, lads, are an attractive they're an attractive market. You know, they're there, they're playing, they're Kilcormick, the pitches in Kilcormick are second to none, the county pitches. But the key thing here is, awfully, always pride themselves on being a dual county. They're now in an under football, Ireland, Ireland. But the Christie Ring was so important from the point of view, not because uh, we know awfully are way better than that. Obviously, things didn't go their way last year, but just from the point of view of promoting the game, the youngsters don't matter, lads. Whether it's Christy Ring or Laurie Maher or Lee McCarthy, they see the Offaly team on the TV last night in the Sunday game. They see Ben Keneally uh, lifting the cup and they see, yeah, get the Hurleys back on, get the Offaly jerseys back on, get hurling again because they live and die for it here. There's an absolute hunger for the game, a drive for the game. And I think um, hats off to everybody involved, you know, in, in promoting that because Mick Finnelly has come in, you know, he could have turned his nose up ahead. He's come in there with Johnny Kelly and Mike Kavanagh and, of course, uh, David Kenny, uh, you know, a great offly stalwart himself. So, from that perspective, I think things are, are are moving nicely. There's bigger obstacles to overcome, but from the point of view of promoting the game with the youngsters uh, to see their see the offly team on TG4 on the Sunday game, I think it's a big boost for the, the youth of, of the county. It is, it is, and... Uh... It's it's great. It's great to see them back up at John McDonough and I'd say everyone that John McDonough will be looking over their shoulders. <laughs> no, that is John no, McDonough no. with Antrim yeah. down and awfully up is going to be a fair proposition next year. But you know what? But Dela, Dela, sorry, just before you go away from that, like it isn't it a great um I suppose if you're Kilkenny now, you're looking at Michael Fenley cutting his teeth outside the county as well in management and senior management. And like at some stage the the end of the road is going to come for Brian Cody, and it's going to it's a massive question, I would say, in Kilkenny as to who is going to be his successor. So, 
Like we saw Eddie Brenny going to Leash, and we saw Michael going to Waffley. Um, you know, I think that's a big thing for Kilkenny. I think that result is a big thing for Kilkenny as well. Looking at maybe a manager down the road or a potential manager who would have tremendous respect. Mark, you let, Mark, you let your guard down there now. You're writing off Brian Cody and Cork playing Kilkenny next weekend. That was an awful thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Larry, please don't make a column out of that. <laughs> you never even mentioned Henry Shefflin, who hasn't lost the club games he did to manage. That's right. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't see any of them stepping forward in a rush like. Ah, but sure, Lucas, the gaffer is the gaffer there at the moment. Like, I got is. Like, I've no doubt, look, Dan, look, Dan could be still over clear if he wanted to be like. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that kind of thing, isn't Actually, it? Yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken, it's 41 points a record. Record points, yeah. Record points, uh, as points scores, like yeah. points, yeah. Pine scores, yeah. Record, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's that, I can't, I can't, I can't let you off, TJ. Um, and I'll, I'll just go to you, TJ, because we, we'd all repeat ourselves again. We'd, huge, huge moment, I suppose, on Wednesday, uh, mid morning, when we heard that uh, the Joe show was over for the time being, anyway. <laughs> but like, um, yeah. I used to say, like. When I'd be talking about Joe, I often said it in a radio commentary on Radio One that the wand is working, I used to say. And like the wand is the hurley, but I only a magician uses a wand. And what a magician. What a magician. What an ambassador for hurling over a long period of time. I think it was 2005, I think we played Portland in a challenge and he was just coming on the scene for, for, for the Port Umna club scene. So he's been to the forefront of Galway hurling for a long period of time. He's been main man. Uh, and look a bit like the singer I've, I've mentioned Joe Dolan before there was no show like a Joe show at times it was phenomenal he's right up there with the very very best I've seen look it's, it's a different argument was he better than maybe Henry or PJ Reid or whatever but for me he was definitely the greatest striker he was the sweetest striker as I've ever seen left and right it was just pure natural for him he was one of the very, very best. We like I've seen him in club and even there with Port Umland last couple of years and they're struggling and he carrying them. What 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 a player, what a man. And look, he's gone out on his own terms. We spoke about the injuries he's had there over the last couple of years. It's been difficult for him. But to carry uh, the pressure that he's carried for a long period of time, I'm sure all you can say is one of the very best. Absolutely. Well said and on behalf of us all, I think, you know, the three of us and all our guests, Ken and, and Brian, Ho- Hoagie and, and uh, Shane and Derek and everyone we have on, um, I think Larry, uh, Larry and Rafe as well, like we, we'd just like to wish him the best of luck now and everything. And he's in business near enough to me here in Open Morrissey's in, in Dunbeg. The business interests are growing. So uh, not alone will he be cleaning out the, the clown championships, but he'll be cleaning them out uh, with a bit of grub and a few beers and wines uh, all over the country. So best of luck, Joe. And we've, we've loved watching you. And... Um, Dalo, just one thing there. Uh, yes, I, I, I a long time ago I was caught did a coaching session for Portona when they were preparing for their first county final, and I was doing a bit of free taking. The lads sitting, we do a bit of free taking with Davy Canning, and Davy, of course, is his older brother, and uh, he was going to different angles, 40, 50 hours, and I was Davy was taking the free. He's a good free taker, he was too. But it was this young fellow beside him was running around after him, a small fellow, you know, twelve years of age, and. Obviously, David, we we're, talk, we're concentrating on the lift and the strike, you know, following through, putting it over the bear. But this young fellow was leaving the ball on the ground and cutting it over the bear. And I said to David, who's this young fellow beside us that's cutting the ball over the bear? We're trying to put it over the bear off the stick. And he says, oh, that's young Joe. That's young Joe, you know. 
And I think the photograph that epitomized everything about Joe was after winning that All Ireland, his father and mother, on a personal note, both of them have gone through the ringer with illness. Uh, two great people. And I think it summed up everything the tears in their eyes, flowing down the face of the father. Because as PJ mentioned, he brought that pressure every day at Crow Park, representing the proud Canning name. And they're real, genuine, decent people just outside Portumna here, not far from me. And I think the family, what it was all about, the Canning family and what they achieved for their club and their county was down to Joe and what he carried that pressure onto the pitch, but he carried it so manfully and honourably, you know. Super said, super well said. Marco, I know you'd echo all those sentiments, so we won't, we won't, we don't need you to come in there, of course, of course, we would. And look, um, Let's thanks for listening. We probably didn't cover every everything, uh, and you'll tell us about it, no doubt, on social media. If we didn't, then you'd be giving out oh jeez, I nearly forgot the fantasy hurling lads. And TJ, you'd be blessed relieved that the hurler in the ditch is down to second. <laughs> <laughs> and Gerald uh, Dowd, Gerald Dowd, Burgess is uh, some score, Gerald two eighteen. I hope, like the Mark Landers, that you hadn't all your eggs in one basket now with half your team gone, like for for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well done, well done. The hurling ditch is still close. Okay. He's, he's only 12 points behind, and Shane he's has to be deep behind. Mm. What? He's still within striking distance, to be fair. Oh, Jesus, only take one, one, one point from his captain, maybe, or something like that, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, well done. And our own, our own one, um, Ken, you're streaking away. Is Brian picking the team or what, Ken? 214 this week, like. Ah, Larry, Larry said on the WhatsApp, uh, Ken, that you've had sewn up. He says the Laura Flyers bite is all over. Uh, we're slow, we're slowing up, is right, because um, um, I have a few fellas now. Unfortunately, of course, my Tiberi boys would have meant that Jason and the boys and Ronan would have been in there on the team. So, and Jason was captain, by the way, as well. So, um, I think I'm going to be down, I'm going to be down a few players now for for. For the rest, for the rest of the campaign, so I'll, I'll watch with interest now as the lads catch. Larry will come with a late run, I'm sure as well. Larry's captain is gone as well. Though. TJ, your captain? My captain is Hoggy. I'm oh. expecting three ten. There's the danger now. Oh, yeah, here's the danger. Three, three ten from the weekend against Kilkenny. He did it before, so something like that. Yeah, would be ideal for me. So I'm within striking distance, still nicely at sixty odd points behind. So yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, uh, and looks, I'm sure there's a Limerick it, guys there, TJ, to carry the mantle for you. I have a couple of Limerick guys. Yeah. I went for Tom Morrissey in the forwards as well. So, yeah, tough enough now, in fairness. Like, so, it, it, it'll be tight. Yeah, it's it's tight down I'm the bottom. Big, I'm well. in big trouble. Uh, Butler <laughs> Hurley's sponsoring everything for us, lads. They're mighty, mighty guys. And Adrian Moore and Alvis will come in with it. Couple of prizes as well. Tough down the bottom as well, there, Mark. Uh, I know how you <laughs> look at it. Looks like Hoagie has given up all hope on the thing, like so. 86 points, but you're up my ass now, like for, for third from the bottom. I, I, right? if, I've if John if Kiley, I could just catch I've John Kylie and I've if, four Limerick players. Yeah. I made one mistake. Like, yeah, I fancied. I told you last week, what for the bait tip, right? I told you, let's face it. But at the last minute, around 10 to 12. I got the I got the heebie-jeebies about the blue and gold, and I stuck in Noel McGrath and took out Dara Fitzgibbon. I my team pick like, ah <laughs> oh, man, like I'd be sitting pretty, you know, yeah. I'd be middle of the table. I wouldn't be winning it, like both. Anyway, stop, stop, stop. Got got that Key key. We'll be looking forward. We'll talk to you later on in the week. Thanks to Reno. Thanks to all our listeners, and um, we'll talk to you later on in the week. We'll do a quick. 35 minute preview of the semi finals later on the week. I think it went down well last week. 
So we're going to stick to that formula. So we talk to you soon, folks. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what the show is. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. 